Welcome to the Alpha to Zeta podcast, where we cover all things professional development from A to Z, while sharing our best tips and tricks along the way. Welcome back to another episode of Alpha to Zeta podcast with Alyssa Zabawa and Gina Vitaco. This will be our second episode as co-hosts. Yay! <laughs> so today's episode, we get the privilege of talking with um, Andrew Hanna, who is a professor at UNL. Alyssa and I have both gotten to take entrepreneurship courses with him and both really enjoyed our time with that um, and felt like it was a unique experience compared to a lot of other classes we've taken. So we thought it'd be a super, super cool opportunity to reach out um, and speak with him. And he's definitely very well liked and respected by a lot of other students as well. So we're going to go over everything from his experience at UNL in entrepreneurship and a lot of other stuff. So we're really excited to have you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. For me. Yes. All right. Well, just kind of jump right into it. So you want to just tell us like a little bit about your experiences with entrepreneurship, how you got your start with it, and how that helped where you are today. Yeah, I suppose uh, I, depending on I suppose from what uh, from what angle you you look at it, I might have been an unlikely candidate <laughs> from it. It wasn't like uh, there were a lot of entrepreneurs in my family or anything, but um, I think mainly what what drew me to it when I was younger, or at least got me kind of interested in it, was I think I just had a really strong desire not to work for other people, and I think that this is. Uh, yeah very echoed sentiment from a lot of people that take mm -hmm. my class that, you know, being is that, uh, you know, I teach the entrepreneurship 321 class, as you both know. And um, a lot of people, there's a lot of variance in that class. Some people take it just because it's a management requirement and some people are really interested in it. And so there's a, there's a big gambit of how interested people are in it. But I think that uh, a lot of the people who give it a lot of their effort, I see a very similar sentiment with them. So I, I was kind of interested in it, but I'm also, in certain capacities, I'm kind of uh, averse to taking really big risks. And obviously, you can't avoid that uh, when you're <laughs> trying to start a new venture or anything. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I felt like uh, I spent a number of years uh, with uh, several good friends of mine at the game room here downtown, that's still 17th and O Street, and um, running that place, and it was a blast. Like it was, uh, that's what really got me to fall in love with the whole process because it was just, it was such a fun experience, you know. And, and it, it just felt like uh, I got to go to work every day with my best friends, and we had a video game store. So how much cooler could that have been for me? Because yeah. you know. <laughs> Music and video games and that kind of stuff, especially at the time where we started doing that stuff, that was definitely a very centric part of my life, as it mm -hmm. still kind of is. But, you know, I had a great time with it. But over time, you know, the responsibilities that go along with having a business, if it grows, they change drastically. And as a result, I just it felt like I was kind of working for somebody else all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, I don't know. There might be other environments where I have a, a greater passion for what I'm doing if I'm going to work for someone else or have that feeling about my job. So I just was like, I ran into Sam Nelson, um, who's the director of the Center for Entrepreneurship and teaches, you know, things like the business plan development course at, at the College of Business. And Sam was my 
uh, strategy instructor. He was my capstone instructor when I was an undergraduate mm-hmm. here in like 2008. And Sam and I just stayed in contact and he kind of tried to coerce me over to coming to graduate school. He was like, I would really like to see you over here. I was like, I don't know, if nothing else, the master's degree in business might help me run this place better. That was my initial impetus. Um, then I came back here and I kind of fell in love with the uh, academic environment and decided that uh, I would go after trying to get my PhD. And management was the area I was really into. I always loved like organizational behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really like my area I'm very passionate about. And um, basically found out that I could do entrepreneurship as a part of management. And I was like, this just seems fantastic. And Sam kind of has a way of having that kind of contagion effect on people and getting me really pumped about it. So started helping him. He gave me an opportunity to help teach when I was a master's student, like Mm -hmm. here and there and loved it. It was just, it was awesome. I fell in love with these kind of classes. They're so unique. And, and the people who are really into it are, really into it and they really make it worth the uh, the effort you know so that's just kind of what led me here and and my initial experience with entrepreneurship and doing something uh, I was always just kind of drawn to that environment so I love helping the students realize that for themselves now it's just like a really awesome element of my job so yeah definitely I know like after taking your course I didn't go into it initially thinking like I'm going to be an entrepreneur, but recently I, I found different passions of mine that can lead to a lot of different o- entrepreneurial opportunities that I really am interested in, so I definitely, like, your class definitely brought light to my situation and my passion, so, yeah. That's yeah. That's awesome. I'm yeah. going for that, so it's great when I hear that that happens. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah, I definitely feel like I was attracted to that idea of um, being my own boss and like not having to take orders from other people. I mean, that's kind of a natural human instinct to not want to take orders from other people. But um, just seeing how you could transfer that desire into a professional like opportunity was really cool for me. And I had an interest in entrepreneurship from high school where I got to like do some startup type of thing through program at my high school. And then had like a very kind of limited view of what entrepreneurship was. And I was like, I'm going to know everything. This is just going to be like some extra info. And it like completely, I don't know, I guess I was cocky as a freshman, but like (laughs) completely changed my view of what it was. And I learned so much and I feel like it's applicable to every aspect of my professional life. And that's why I was so interested in it and gained so much. So. That's great. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to hear that. And if yeah. you're feeling cocky, then you really belong in the entrepreneurial <laughs> environment. Trust me. You're among very good, very good company in that sense. So yeah, we have a, I, I kind of, I changed things a little bit this semester with my approach to that class and I'm trying to do more applied work to actually give people a chance to test these skills out and mm-hmm. do a little bit in that class as I was developing it. And I think we're having a mixed response some people are not very, uh, not entertained by being yeah. asked to do things this semester, but uh, the people that are doing it, they're really doing a great job, and I'm really enjoying it. So I'm glad to hear that because I just, uh, I try to bring that element to whichever one, whichever class I'm teaching. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's definitely been a change going from like online school and everything mm-hmm. to like now everyone's in person 
actually having assignments that they have to turn in. <laughs> so it's a big change that yeah. I think a lot of people weren't necessarily prepared for this semester. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Myself included. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's just as bad from both sides. You know, like, mm -hmm. it's just me. I think the students have this wrong uh, idea sometimes that the people teaching them also just, like, just inherently by having that position that, like, they've just got everything together, things yeah. are going yeah. well, and I can just <laughs> echo that is totally not the case, uh, not all the time at least. So, yeah, it's it's been a transition because, like, I was a, a student before any of the pandemic stuff hit, of mm -hmm. course, and then I learned one approach to teaching and everything in that, and then we transitioned to this, and none of us were ready for it, right, because no. none of us saw that coming. Had to try a whole new mode of instructing, see if we could pull that off. And now we're transitioning back and we're finding that, you know, like, there are lots of students that we forget in their final year even now that like they haven't had a normal year in yeah. college yeah. yet. And I'm like, I have the wrong idea because I've been here for so long that I remember the, you know, before times here yeah. at the university and all, you know. And yeah. so, yeah, it's just been a real adjustment. And there's a lot of questions surrounding, you know, the the faculty. Like a lot of people are asking these questions about how we like, how do we best like serve the students moving forward with that? Do we find a way to kind of find a healthy balance between these things? And it's, mm -hmm. it is interesting because we get in those conversations and then we kind of get to have a, an entrepreneurial conversation of our own because like, I, like we stress a lot in class, like entrepreneurship is about how do we identify a problem that people have and how do we try to figure out a solution to that? But the problem is really the really important thing about it. And mm -hmm. so keeping focus on that and not having our heart set on what we think our solution to something is, is the key mm -hmm. to it. And we're doing a whole lot of that in a lot of our meetings and, and things about teaching now. And it's kind of fun to see that process getting practiced a little bit by our peers even. Yeah, so. definitely. I, and I think one thing is a lot of students missed in-person classes. When everything went online, they were like, come on, we all want to be in person. But now on the flip side, since everything's in person, everyone's missing online, not having to do as much work. But I think I like getting out of my apartment, going to class, like it's so refreshing to like, mm -hmm. I love learning. So it's a really great thing that we're now transitioning back. But yeah. I yeah. know for other students, it's pretty difficult. So. I think that's a good point that you make, though, too, because, like, there's been definitely, like, there's super big positives, but there are some really big struggles that we deal with with people, too. You know, like, I've seen, um, I, I'm I'm extremely flattered always that students will come talk to me about some of the, like, extremely personal things people have come to me about before. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a great reflection um, that hopefully they're comfortable with me, and I love that. I, I would like that to be my role for people if I can help them with it, but, you know, I think that largely being caught between those two spaces for some people has made a lot of people feel extremely isolated yeah. and yeah. I've had a lot of people struggling a lot with their you know mental health with things as a result of that and they'll come and tell me about that and honestly all those things just really make me care even more so about trying to find what my balance between those things should be because mm -hmm. um, I think we owe it to people to try and make this whole environment work rather than just trying to keep a stranglehold on our idea of how things have mm -hmm. been. So that's right. definitely how we should do them moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, like, as the College of Business as a whole, all of the professors have been very um, 
very caring and very understanding of everyone. But I want to say, like, especially you, because when I took your class, like, I read through every single announcement you sent out. And that, like, that just tells, like, how much you care about your students, care about not just their academics, but their personal life. And I, while there are a lot of other professors that are very caring and understanding, I think you definitely go above and beyond for all of the students that whether they take your class or not. And a lot of people, whether they take your class or not, know your name and very liked amongst everyone in the College of Business. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. I always feel like <laughs> I've, I've always kind of taken that approach to anything I do because, uh, you know, we know there's some some psychological effect here some of the time that, uh, you know, like maybe our uh, our shortcomings can sometime we can have a bit of a halo effect with some of the more positive things from us. And I've always felt like I try to really get this point across to, to students too, is, is that one of the biggest things I think we can control a lot of the time is, well, obviously our response to our environment, even when we can't control that. And I always feel like people who will go out of their way to be a decent person. Uh, I don't know, like there's just a bit of a leniency provided to those people like I have shortcomings like anybody where there are things that I just don't feel adequately prepared to teach people super meaningful you know insight mm -hmm. into something but I'll do my damnedest with it and I'll be like a, I'll try to be a good person along the way and I feel like we just have people who become more receptive to it and that's yeah. the biggest barrier to break down with people and a lot of people who just like it's just stonewalled about everything mm -hmm, they've already right. decided what this is about or they've already decided they don't like this and they come in with a bad attitude and I'm always like if I can beat some of that down in people a little bit by being like just being nice yeah. usually like you can get through to most people and some people yeah. you can't but you know like that's their that's their uh, decision at that point like I do everything that I can for people and some people choose to you know take me up on those offers and some yeah. don't and It'd probably be a mess, honestly, since I have like 550 students this yeah. semester. If everybody <laughs> always wanted to take me up on it, I think I, I gotta be thankful that not everybody does. But yeah. you know, I I always try to extend that to people because a little bit of you know, a little bit of kindness to most people will make a big difference. And there's people okay. I've n I have no idea who they are, never met them before. I'll get some great message from them at the end right. of the semester. They'll tell me about something that resonated with them or got them thinking differently or now they just like they feel way better about something in their life and I'm just like how could you uh, ask to have like a job where you have an opportunity to do those kinds of things like how could you ask for a better one right. mm -hmm. I love that about my job so it it makes it easy for me to enjoy it even though some people make it more frustrating than it needs mm -hmm. to be sometimes yeah definitely so. I think having that aspect of showing that you're human and like being personable without having to like because yeah obviously like you said people are going to come to your class have a mindset already decided or just like be very close-minded and that's going to happen and if you try to this is applicable to any time in life with close-minded people if you try to force them to have a bigger perspective they're probably going to run the opposite way so I think it's just a good thing to keep in mind for people in all contexts of life to just be the example and just kind of exude respect and kindness. And like you said, 90% of the time, that's going to like be 
recepted by yeah. people. And I think that's really Oh, cool. yeah. I keep a book on my desk. I read from it every day. If you've ever read anything by Marcus Aurelius, he a book that's called Meditations. And I read this book every day. And the opening passage is something I think like everybody needs to read every day. And it's just a reminder that, you know, it starts off and says, just start off the day right now, realizing that the people you're going to deal with today are going to be selfish. Those people are going to, you know, be inconsiderate. They might be mean. They may be ill-spirited toward you. But, like, you have to also realize that those people are very much still a, a part of your team. And those people are still people. Those are, in fact, probably the most important people for us to try to make an effort to get along with and provide opportunities to. Whether they take those or not, that that's ultimately their decision. But, you know, like... I feel a lot better in the day if I just remind myself of that idea. I have correct expectations. We talk about that in my class a ton about set the right expectations for things. And, you know, reality is not going to hurt you whatsoever. So I have to constantly do that. You know, it's like you don't just like necessarily always just wake up in the most positive mindset. But that's why I give myself a ton of little signals that are laid out for me to see throughout the day to just remind myself that it's like, you know, you need to chill out a little bit when you're <laughs> like, if you're getting worked up about it, just cut it out. So, yeah. and it helps usually quite a bit for me during the day. So maybe we need to take some yeah, advice. <laughs> I think that would help us a lot. Just being like, seriously being like intentional about that kind of thing. Like I feel like some people that are just very like, seem very chill and like they have everything together and are very kind and respectful all the time like it seems like it comes naturally but it's definitely important to be intentional about that and like take time to get your mind in the right space and be able to have a positive attitude oh, yeah. at the start of the day so key yeah. definitely think you could yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah oh yeah maybe a little bit <laughs> just like if you just like when you search out for bad things you can find the good things as easily it's just yes. about what your choice is on which one you want to really put the most weight on and yeah. Whether you think that's unrealistic or not, I'm always just somebody that I just have a way better time with my life if I just like choose to be like, all right, well, the bad things happen, but you know, there's plenty of good things for me to be yeah. focused on along the way too. So yeah, exactly, you can't control everything. Yeah, so. drive yourself nuts trying to yeah. for sure because <laughs> I definitely <laughs> spent a lot of my life trying to do that. So yeah. <laughs> your energy, yeah. Okay, um, so kind of going off like the topic of positive mindset and just everything in that nature how would you say um what like what's your best advice for someone that is looking for like an entrepreneurial opportunity like how should they have like that positive mindset going into something that's like such a big risk oh yeah huge um that's a great question too um because like I, I don't want to steer anybody in down the wrong uh, avenue either and suggest that you know like there's nothing to worry about. So don't, you know, just like have a good attitude and you'll be yeah. fine, right? But um, I mean, that really does start within us. That's a really big thing. But I think that uh, the probably the most important thing for people to keep in mind is something that um, I'm, I imagine that you probably were there for that, but I never quite know who all is there by the end of the semester. <laughs> so um, like I, I do kind of a personal talk to everybody on the mm -hmm. last day. And I, I get a lot of messages from people about that talk because I, I slowly work to refine this thing based off of my observations and teaching and the people I've, I'm getting to know, the students. And 
the biggest point that I make through that out that entire talk that I give people is is that like the best advice I ever received was the world the world needs something from everybody and as entrepreneurs we're very focused on creating value for people but like we have to understand you know like I think that the one of the biggest sources of frustrations for people who desire very heavily to provide something to the world whether it be as an entrepreneur in any other capacity it's that sometimes we I don't know we walk around with this uh misunderstanding or this assumption that uh we are we're owed some sense of success because we have intentions and desire it mm-hmm. well yeah. our intentions i think i use that analogy when i talk to the class and i say you know like the value you bring is like the flowers but your intentions are like the dirt mm-hmm. your flower grows out of that dirt the good you do in the world grows out of your intentions, but if you leave them as intentions, nobody cares about the dirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just dirt, you know? And unfortunately, like, that's... Our intentions are worth about that much some of the time. So, mm-hmm. like, if we're serious about those things, I always just try to really echo this with people that you you need to understand that everybody in the world who's going to take any interest in you about anything is going to care about what you can provide them. And we don't have to look at that negatively, but we have to realize the world needs something for you. You got to bring some value to it if, you know, you want to be respected or leave a good, live a good life where, you know, you feel good about the things you've accomplished and you can actually look at it and say like, wow, I really did something. That's a great feeling. Like I've done a few things that seemed completely out of my league, like getting my doctorate and doing this stuff was one of them. I started that thing and I was just, I was beside myself. I had no idea if I could do that. Um, you know, it, it didn't seem like an environment I really, like, belonged in when I first got there. I was really nervous about it, and I just, I always thought everybody who did this kind of thing was just, like, on a different plane than me. And I realize now it's just, like, anything else, what do you, what do you choose to, like, focus your energy and, like, what are you going to use your time toward? Um, you know, you both probably heard from one of my best friends came to came to class, Mike Smith, mm-hmm. you know, that started yeah. the Bay. And Mike is just a really close friend of mine. I've known Mike for maybe like 15 years now. And he always does this exercise with people to say, like, you can look through in your logs and see how much you use your phone every day. Mm-hmm. And then do that whole thing to, like, calculate yeah. how much have you probably used it since you got it kind of thing. And, you know... This is why I just have trouble and I try to get this through with people that, you know, like you probably at this point spend way more time consuming things other people built than trying to create something of your own in this world and provide it to people. And that's a struggle that, you know, I have myself sometimes where I feel like really burned out because of all the things I need to create in order to do my job for people. Mm -hmm. And especially if you have some people that don't appreciate that and when you're an entrepreneur that'll happen all the time people are going to talk down about you because they see you doing something and it makes them feel bad about themselves and mm-hmm. it's no fault of your own but they're going to take it out on you and yeah I think it's just that some of my some of my students probably the best things if they're going to try to be an entrepreneur is just understanding right you have to have a clear idea of what do you offer the world or what are you going to offer the world how are you going to offer that kind of thing and then understand that like if you're going to wait around for it to not be risky or if you're going to wait around for everybody to be like your cheering section 
uh, you're never going to get there. So like, you have to be really cool with the fact that you just got to understand the people who are probably like hated on the most by people are people that are trying to do big things. And that's all there is to it, you know, because if you're doing nothing, you're not threatening to anyone and nobody's going to like, nobody even going to know who you are. Mm -hmm. They know who you are if they're like actively working to like talk you down or say things about what you're trying to do. So like, taking those things as fuel is actually like, it's a good exercise for us to understand that, you know, like the more problems you have, the more people you have actively say, you know, talking against the types of things you're trying to do means you're living an active life. You're trying to do more than the average person because you're putting yourself out there for ridicule because mm-hmm. the whole creative process is like that. And, and then that's, what's hard about it. Cause you care about it. You're putting yourself into it, but, like, you can't wait for other people to be happy for you. Mm-hmm. They'll be happy for you later yeah. <laughs> once you really made it and everybody yeah. wants to talk to you all the time and everything. But then they'll still say that stuff when you're not around. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. You got to kind of do those things for yourself and understand that, you know, we just have to really be on a consistent drive to try to create something that matters in this world. And that doesn't necessarily linearly relate to how much money you make or what other people think your product is worth in the grand scheme of things. It's about like, you're actively at least saying, I see, I see a mismatch in the world and I've decided to try and do something about it rather than sit around and complain about it. Like most people. Yeah. 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 Kind of, Oh, sorry. Kind of going off of, um, a few points that you made first with, um, Mike Smith's little exercise that he did with the phone and how much we use your phones and how much time you could be using that time to create something or even just starting your ideas up. Um, I know for me, at least with my like entrepreneurial opportunities and like what I want to like work towards in the long run, I don't know if this is necessarily like a personal thing or I, I'm sure a lot of other people struggle with this thought in the back of their mind that I'm not ready at this time. Like, I need to have more experiences before I can be, like, an entrepreneur. And so, like, for me, I eventually want to have, like, my own wedding business, like, my own building. But right now I'm stuck in this, like, well, it's too early to start planning. Like, I'm still in college. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't have the capital for this. I need experience in, like, the industry before I do something on my own. And as a college student or even just as a young professional, how, like, would you, like, suggest, like, getting out of that mindset or, like, getting a start on entrepreneurship and as a young professional? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's like anything, though. It's, it's, I think if you ever, anything you're thinking about in your mind where you're, you're, like, not certain whether or not you're ready for it, uh, if you wait until you're ready for it, you probably won't find that you ever get to that point. The only reason you ever come to the realization you're ready for something usually is just because like you go do it. In fact, we see from an entrepreneurial standpoint, if your big thing is I don't have the money and resources necessary or the know-how, honestly, the people who are set up best, like that have an overabundance of resources and things like that, those are people that fail at those things. They don't understand the value of the the resources they're dealing with and that kind of stuff or the importance of actually understanding what they're doing because they have money to throw at everything. You know, like the people that make it, they, they're scrappy because they figure out how to get it done because resource constraints are a real thing with everybody. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that um, it's a really good, you know, segue your question into 
another thing that I just say to people over and over and over, and I've said this to people in my office just so many times recently, just because I started saying it to people, and then it was kind of like, you know, it was something I was telling people, but I came to really realize the power of this statement, and now I'm just like all about this idea is I always tell people, you know, like the people who are the most successful, it doesn't even matter what it is, but let's just say in the realm of like starting a business, um, they understand a really fundamental truth of the world. The more you see it around you, the fundamental truth of the world is this, is that like doing something, whatever it is you decide to do is better than not doing it. So, you know, I, I was just telling people, you know, like go do, do whatever it is. And even if you don't think like, it looks exactly the way you want it to look or it's not where you want to get to great because that striving is really like that process is what gets you through all of it because you think the end point is really what you're going for and that's when you're going to be real happy with it but like every single achievement that's huge in your life that you ever accomplish uh, it will be met with a somewhat sad realization that you're just like it's not as fulfilling this feeling at the top mm -hmm. as I thought it would be and actually you realize like the beauty of all of that and the, the things you were searching for was in all of like the struggle to get there. And because I, I, I made that comment um, to my girlfriend about this where I said, you know, when I was up there and I got my PhD and this idea that I'd looked forward to for so long, it was this huge, huge undertaking that I did. And I got there and then I was just like, once I got it and I walked off the stage and I was like, all right, nice. Okay, so like what next kind of yeah. thing, you know, like, and I think that if you've got that, if you got that drive in you, that's always going to be the case. And it doesn't matter what you accomplish. It doesn't belittle it. But just understanding that, you know, like the, the outcome is not what you were searching for along the way. It's like all that progress you do for yourself along the way and the realization, like sometimes it's just the rumination once you're finished and you say, I actually did all of these things. And you're mm -hmm. like, whoa, you know, maybe I don't even realize like that I'm better for all of this or the ways that I'm better after going and trying to do it. And I'm just, uh, that's why I just, I preach this to people all the time in class now that I'm just like, even if you don't know how to do what I'm asking you to do correctly, the, the worst decision you can make is to not do it just because you think you don't have what it takes to do it or you don't know. Because like, and you're giving yourself no opportunities to, mm -hmm. to succeed in that situation. You're accepting failure rather than trying to embrace what little chance you have and then making sure you do everything in your power to control the things that you can. Right. And those are just all, I mean, like, it, and that's a tough thing because I was awful with that when I was an undergrad. And so that's why I try to stay very understanding with people is because like I was not a great student and I know that. And there are probably plenty of people frustrated with me. I was looking for the easiest way to do everything. It's understandable. There are other things like your social life is extremely important when you're in college and I get that. But I was just tell people, you know, like I would much rather you give me, you know, a, an assignment or something like that, that you didn't know what you're doing, but you gave it a shot for me rather than people who send me things and they're like, I didn't know how to do it. And I'm like, well then you didn't even, you didn't even try. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this whole process is figuring out, you know, a minimum viable approach to doing something. And then you figure out from there, how do I make it better once I get myself in a better and better position to do things better. So I just like to preach to people that 
saying, I don't feel prepared, feeling like I don't have the experience, well, then go do something to try and gain some of that experience, even if you do it wrong. Yeah. You'll learn just as much from doing things wrong. Just like I say, it's you learn just as much from like figuring out what job you don't want yeah. mm-hmm. as figuring out what job you want. Yeah. Because I go back there over and over. Like years earlier, I sold cars before, you know, like when I was like my early 20s. And to be honest with you, that is not an environment for me. Not at all. Like, and I, I don't, I, that was not a good, good choice for me anymore. Now it's like, you think about things like that and you're just like, learn to really appreciate that. Like the things that frustrate me now about my job sometimes are things like, or my experiences. I'm like, they're really not bad. And I really wouldn't want to go back to that other thing. Yeah. And so, you know, just expose yourself to whatever it can. And, and I always just tell people, you know, like, because we talk about luck in class a lot too and, mm-hmm. and conceptualizing that idea. And it's just luck, you know, luck will have a part to play in all of it. But just understanding that luck is really just have you set yourself up to get lucky? Yeah. Are you doing everything you can so that when that comes your way, you have an opportunity to jump on it? And that's all that you need to just realize in these situations is you're never going to be fully ready. So Quit worrying about whether or not you're fully ready for mm-hmm. things. You're always going to say no. You're <laughs> never going to feel ready. Even after you've completed it, you'll be like, I don't know how I did it fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like in college and just in our society for our generation in particular, there's such a culture of like collecting accolades and just going after things that are just going to be able to be put on your resume. Like, okay, so I'm going to do this because it's going to give me immediate satisfaction and it'll just be another thing that I can, like, tell people I did or, like, have the title even if you didn't do anything of substance along with it. And that might that's not necessarily our fault completely. I mean, it is we to all an extent. Love that. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, it's just natural. And I think kind of shifting that mindset to go after things not just to put them on a resume but to gain the experience and not have that fear of failure because – like you said, the end goal isn't necessarily what's going to give us the most satisfaction. It's going to be that process um, and just everything you learn from that. So I think that's super important. Yeah, I give people benefit of the doubt along those lines a lot because if I see somebody that has had some tremendous failures at things, I, I honestly, I think about those people rather favorably usually because yeah. I'm like, this person's trying for it, you know, like, even if they ain't, they ain't great at it, they're still going for it mm-hmm. over and over or something like that. And somebody that tells me they're not sure what their big failures are or things like that, then I'm like, maybe you're not putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation enough. Like, I use that, that experience in my, my class often that the thing that I used to dread more than anything in the world was speaking in front of people. Like, I didn't want to be in front of people at all in any capacity, and it bothered me. And in my master's, I was, like, if I had to present in class or something, I was, like, mortified by this reality. (laughs) It was, like, the last thing I wanted to do. And all of my experience, like, working on my teaching and everything got me way more comfortable with it. It doesn't bother me the slightest damn bit to be in front of anybody anymore, Mm -hmm. um, honestly. And it just, like, went completely away. And I had really bad social anxiety about being in front of people because I was as concerned as anybody that I'm going to end up doing or saying something wrong and then somebody's going to ask me something and I have no idea. And I just think that's a great practice for us to get into to also just be 
transparent with people and understand the the tremendous amount of power behind admitting you don't know something. Yeah. Um, nobody wants or needs all of us to be perfect, but like I think all of us can humanize with other people and realize that there are always going to be things, even somebody that's looked at like an expert in something, that they're just not readily capable of spouting off to you or like answering, but like mm -hmm. That's why I always tell people, I'm like, hey, I'll tell you right now if I don't know, but I'm more than happy to go try and figure it out with you. And I'm more than happy to try and make some sense of it after we figure it out because I like learning about things. And so yeah. there's a lot of power to that also just saying like, yeah, I'm fallible. I goofed something up. Uh, I do that kind of stuff in class often where I'm just like, yeah, I, I messed something up. So, you know, it's not going to be you guys aren't going to have to take the brunt of the fact that I goofed it up, but I just want to let you know, you know, I just, I feel more comfortable with people that way. Yeah. And there are so many experiences and passions that everyone has that are so different and not everyone can experience everything in a lifetime. Not everyone can experience all different passions in a lifetime. That's why we have different passions than the person next to us that makes everyone so new, so unique and separate from each other. And at, everyone has that value that they can add to the world and I think that a lot of people forget that it's it's better to have your few passions that you care about deeply than to have a ton of small things that you know minimal things about which it's always like great to keep learning and experiencing new things but experiencing something experiencing something deeply is also very valuable yeah and then going along with that if you are um, delving into what you're passionate about and you're able to like enjoy that you'll find that like okay I'm content in being passionate about this so I don't know things about everything and that's okay like being able to acknowledge like I'm not going to be genius and <laughs> be able to spell yeah. yeah that stuff's that exhausting that anyway yeah. <laughs> you come to find out if you even try to you know maintain an air of being you know perfect at anything or like the expert or this or that at any of it um it takes a lot of upkeep and it's exhausting yeah. uh, i would much rather just be a fallible person yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. i'm more comfortable with that usually so. yeah <laughs> i mean it's the truth like no one can be perfect so you might as well just be honest with yourself and other people are going to notice that yeah so i'm with you sure. big time yeah <laughs> well um going off of just entrepreneurship and everything that we've talked about today are there any um last like final advice that you would like to give to any college students any inspired and aspiring entrepreneurial <laughs> entrepreneurial opportunities like all that stuff for sure I mean I, I it'd be remiss if I didn't plug this just a bit but like uh, at the center at the college of business the center for entrepreneurship I mean anybody's ever thinking about any of this stuff you need help with any of it. We're always there. And and a, a great broad sweeping characteristic of everybody that works in there is like, we're all in there because we really care about seeing these things develop for you. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like in, in a bigger sense, um, you know, I think that uh, the thing I try to convey to people that I think was lost on me like a ton when I was an undergrad at that point was this, and, and I think it's very important for people interested in <clears throat> I always kind of, uh, I frame entrepreneurship as like uh, being a part of our own rescue. You're like an active person in like 
materializing something in the world that you want and making your life be the way you want it to be. That's awesome. It's an, it's an awesome, empowering situation. But what was like lost on me when I was younger, uh, and you can probably see this with some of my behavior when I was younger, was that um, I don't think that I thought about, we have this idea from psychology about like past, present, future selves. Um, but we, but it's actually an extremely powerful thing for us cognitively in the way we make decisions. We've found out is, I really try to project this to people. Uh, your future self is you, and I think we lose sight of that. And that's a really that's a hard thing for some of us because we think mm-hmm. like we'll make a decision and there'll be some ramifications of those decisions in our lives, but they're like way down the line, and it's something that we can we can very comfortably ignore while we're young because we got most of our life left. And, and honestly, like, let's be fair. Like when's life any better for us than when we're young? I mean, there's some really awesome things about it and it's conflicting because, you know, those things kind of compete here and there Mm -hmm. uh, for our attention. But I think it's just that um, the people that like, I'm getting to the age now where I have some people I grew up with who are in some like, you know, dangerously legitimate positions some places and I'm like people my age are actually like legitimate adults and this is really a weird I mean like it sounds weird but like you you come to that realization at some point in your life you're like oh my gosh um this is weird adults were always like people much older than me um but I've come to just realize like there were some really bonehead things I did in my life that if I really kept this idea in mind that I'm like your future self is very much is you and so this this person that you're saying like, eh, I'll have to deal with that way later. The person that's dealing with that is still going to be you. And so like, and I really downplayed that idea a lot and said, you know, like maybe you don't have to like treat everybody well uh, because like, look how many people there are. Like that's not going to like, nothing's going to happen from that. Like let them live their life um, or make decisions. And you're just like, eh, it sounds easiest right now. So whatever, like it'll be cool. And it's easy to just always say, eh, it's going to be fine. And you know what? It probably will be. But you're going to have to deal with the ramifications of damn near everything you do. And sometimes those things take a long time to come back to you. But, uh, you know, like, they will. uh, Whether you think they will or not. And sometimes it's really fun for those things to come back to you if you if you made the right choices and sometimes it's not so much fun, (laughs) but, uh, but we found a very powerful effect uh, in like psychology research that the people who actively make an effort to remind themselves that that person in the future is, is not someone else. I continue to remind myself that that's me. Do I want to set that person up, which is me to fail in the future? Like, do I want to deal with the the ramifications of my actions when they're not good just so that things are easier for me now? And this is just essentially a delayed gratification exercise for you. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's just super important for everybody to work on that and realize that, you know, like we got to care about ourselves in the future every bit as much, if not more, than you care about yourself in the present right now. And sometimes that leads us to having to sacrifice some things for our greater good but you know like what better time than now I mean like you can always have plenty of opportunities to you know go out and drink or party or whatever Mm -hmm. you're out doing all the damn time but you may have like limited opportunities to certain 
like certain lucky situations that present themselves in your lives. Mm -hmm. And and you just might be very, very happy with yourself in the future if you make the right choice with those things. And so I think that's the, that's the big thing I try to remind myself as well that, you know, I've got a lot of life left and I want to make sure anymore, I don't make any choices that I'm going to like, that I could seemingly come to really, really regret because from, you know, we talked about Marcus Aurelius earlier, but one of his best things he always said was that, you know, if you're going to be a leader in this world, the only unacceptable comment for you to ever make is to say, I never thought that could happen. (laughs) And so that's just the point of it all is like, you want to get yourself to a great place in, in your world and with other people, then you have to at least be aware of what could happen as a result of my actions. And am I actually, am I actually treating my future self as somebody like I really care about and trying to set that person up to succeed and have the life like I know I want. If I don't, act, if I don't treat them that way, then I'm not setting myself up for that to be a reality for me in my life. Definitely. I, I think <laughs> this always happens. I think our generation yeah. gets caught up with like, this is what I want my future self to be, to look like, to act like, to do, but they don't think of that future person is going to be set up, set up for success based on what I do now. I think it, yeah. that's like exactly what our generation is missing. And especially with social media and such like a big play in our lives, it's really hard to think about the now and how that's going to impact the future. But very much so. Yeah, that's basically what I was going to say. Just the whole idea of instant gratification, like it or the idea of like living in the moment is so misconstrued. I feel like now for our generation, because of instant gratification, like, yes, it's great to take in everything that's going on now. But part of living in the moment is taking everything in in a conscientious and like responsible way so that you can apply it in the future, because like you said, like we're not two different people 10 years from now as we are now um so yeah being intentional about what you're using the present for is so important instead of just kind of blowing things off and yeah saying, eh, i think your generation is set up actually better than some others in in one capacity and it is that um this idea of living in the moment is very much you know uh, aligns with this whole idea of mindfulness mm-hmm. right but I think that the only thing a lot of people get wrong with it right now is, is that you think that living in the moment means you are like you're pleasure seeking in the moment and you're trying to do the thing you enjoy the most at the moment. Right. Being mindful and being in the present just means like you give everything you have to whatever it is you focus your energy toward. Right. And I think that that gets misconstrued with try and maximize the amount of like fun I'm having in the Mm -hmm. moment. Um, Like that's, that's totally fine. I mean, like you definitely need to have a lot of fun in your life, but I think the idea is, is that the the mindfulness idea that really is kind of instilled in, in the younger generation much more than it has been in the past is they just need to shift the focus on the way they conceptualize being present is Mm -hmm. it's just giving yourself, giving all of yourself to something in the moment and making sure you do it the best you can, not just, not missing out like they misconstrue it with this whole like uh, this FOMO idea that like Mm -hmm. if something's happening and I'm not there I'm not living like my life to the fullest and it's like no other people will feel that way about what they see you doing later on because you set yourself up to be in that position and live a good life yeah exactly
I think that's a very important perspective that is kind of not prioritized, like we said, in our generation. And it's important to just kind of emphasize. And, like, even just talking about it is a good reminder for me. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah, admittedly, we're all terrible about it. I mean, honestly, (laughs) we all are. Like, even your people who try to keep it in mind, like, we have to keep it in mind because we're just as bad as other people with it. Um, It's just about us striving to, like, be better at it and understanding that you may never get to that perfect spot, but you got to keep going for it. That's that's the only thing that keeps you – on a positive path, if you do that, you stay mindful in the in the in the uh, the moment. Then, I don't think you have any opportunity but to set your future self up to be in a good in a good place. So that mindful, that present feeling is really your key to having a good future, where you're present in that as well. Sure, exactly. Very very wise final words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to listen back to yeah. all of this to remind myself yeah, of everything. <laughs> It'll be on repeat for the yeah, next we'll just like play it in our apartment. Yeah. Help us practice mindfulness. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, finally we just want to thank you so much for giving us your time yeah. and being able to talk with you again after both of us having you as our professor. So Yeah, it was yeah. great. I appreciate you asking me. I was really pumped when you asked. So I love yeah. having these conversations with people. So yes. I yes. appreciate too. you having me. As as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. So thank you for tuning in to our second episode. Um, We'll see you soon for our third episode. Bye. Bye.